this message. Um, did you know that what today is? Rosh Hashanah. So, title of this message, Rosh Hashanah, a fresh start. A fresh start. So, here's a question. What would you, what would you do if you could start all over again? Would you do the same thing to land you where you are now? Think about it. These are just things to think about, right? Would you do something completely different? To where you are now, would you do things different if you had a chance to do it all over again? I would. There's a lot of things I would do different. I'd probably practice more my, my craft. Had I would have known where my track is now, I probably went to, you know, more Bible school, although I am where, where I, God wants me right now. But there's things that you would like to do, right? Um, you know, I probably would have learned, like to learn how to um, drive a, a, a car that's not automatic. <laughs> I've never driven. I haven't driven a stick ever. No need, no desire, but I never had to, right? So it's like, because I everything, I'm a musician, I want everything automatic. Praise the Lord. So. Anyways, so would you want to be better, make better choices? Come on. Well, I've got some good news for you. The, the Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah, actually means head of the year. It's the head of the year. Just like the head controls our body, our actions on Rosh Hashanah have a tremendous impact on the rest of the year. We get to do a fresh start. The biblical name for this holiday is Yom Tirah, Teruah, which means a day of shouting or blasting. Ruah. Right? It's a day of shouting or blasting. Well, that's probably why it means so much to me. I like to shout. I like to blast. I'm just saying. So another word is a feast of trumpets. And the new year was the beginning of the cycle of sowing, growth, and harvest. So we get to sow. We get to grow. And we get to harvest all in this new year. We get a fresh start to do all of that now. Pastor Gary texted me this yesterday. Rosh Hashanah for the Hebrew year is... is Five seven eight four. Five seven eight four. Last year was five seven eight three. But the five means grace. Seven is complete. Eight is fresh start. And four is an open door. Right? Five is grace. Seven is complete. Eight is a fresh start. And four is an open door. This is what this year means for us. We get grace to be complete. We get grace for a fresh start. We get grace for an open door. So, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, yesterday has passed. Can't do a thing about it, but we can do a thing about this now. So when you listen to what Pastor, Pastor Shirley said this on Thursday, but I want to, this makes so much more sense now. When you read the word that passed, the, uh, the word of the Lord that came through Pastor Gary um, back in, in December, um, he said, get ready to pass over, pass over, says the Lord from what has been to what shall be. Sounds like a fresh start. The past year has been preparing you by my word, preparing the church for this passing over. What are you passing over into? You're passing over into an open door, right? You're passing into over into a fresh start. And it's, it's, he says, preparing the church for this passing over. It's a releasing and letting go, letting go of what passed, letting go of all the stuff that sets you back, letting go of those things, all those times you missed it. And we all miss it. But you can't beat yourself up over it. Just let it, let it go. 
The, the past year is preparing, my, preparing you by my word, preparing the church for this passing over. It's a releasing. It's a letting go. It's an exodus of that which has been good in me to something greater in me. Well, what is he saying? There's grace to be complete. And we're complete in him. Amen? So Exodus is a synonym for it. It's an outpouring. It's a sudden widespread occurrence or manifestation of something. We can expect to manifest of who we really are in this lost and dying world. Amen. We're going to expect a change because as you walk through that open door, manifestation happens. As you walk through that open door, you're going to see things. You're going to have a word for somebody. You're going to want to lay hands on somebody and know know that God sent you to that person and you know that that they're going to get healed. They're going to get delivered. They're going to get set free. What you pray for will happen. Amen. Amen. So it's an outpouring. It's a sudden widespread occurrence of manifestation of something, something, and something's going to happen in you, to you, all around you. All the gifts of the spirit start to flow like rivers of living water to the point where you, you can't even stop it. People are coming around you and just say, man, why do I, that happens now. We get around certain people and it's like, why do I, I, I can't help it. I need to hang around with you. You make me feel good when I'm around you. What do you think that is? It's not your cologne, (laughs) right? No, no, it's Jesus. And on the inside, bubbling, he's percolating. One of those, the old, right? So you're going to know what to do. Keep your eyes fixed on the straight way, not not on anyone else in the race or on any distractions. See, and, and you can look around. There's been distractions all over the place. There's fire distractions. There's flood distractions. All of the <laughs> hurricane distractions. All of these things trying to mess you up, trying to get you off the path. But we're like trees, well planted. We're rocking, but we're not rolling. Uh-uh. No, no, no. We're firm. <laughs> oh, we're firm. It says, you have been prepared and ready by my spirit, tra- uh, groomed and trained for the final stretch. See, that's the grace that's going to get you through to the other side. Amen. Yes, the home stretch. Hebrews 12, 1 says, you're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses cheering you on. That's what, who we are. Come on, we got four crazy friends all around us. All around us. And so we need to be four crazy friends around our other people too. Spread the love. Right? You're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses cheering you on. So keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. He's a pioneer. He's a protector, the protector of your faith. He will protect your faith. When your faith seems weak, and we've all been through those times. We're not all faith giants every day. But when it seems weak, he's going to be there to kind of just lift you up, pick you up, and and just walk you over to the other side. Amen. It's like when Jesus got into the disciples' boat that one day, it says immediately they got to the other side. Immediately, let Jesus in your boat today, because you will get to the other side. Amen. Amen. And it says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured hardships, and, and now one of the ones cheering you on to win. Come on, if you know that Jesus is cheering you to win, right. you're going to win. Oh, yeah. You are going to win. Uh-huh. Fixing your eyes on the finish line, the prize, on me getting ready for you, your church, and your ministry. 
See, y'all, everybody's got a ministry here, and it's a ministry of reconciliation. And so when you come around people that, you know, will, I may never know, but you will, those people in that microcosm, the world that you exist in, they're, they're looking at you and they're watching you, and they know about you, and they know you're a Christian, and they know who you are. <clears throat> so give your, your ministry to pass over into the winner's circle. By the broken body and shed blood of Jesus, says the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of grace. That's who he is. The spirit of grace. And that spirit of grace, you know, it lives, it dwells, it habitates in us. What a God. Who he freely gave it to. Cost him everything, but he freely gave it to us. Right? He's here. Take it. Take it. Um, let's go to Leviticus chapter 23, verse 23, please. New living. Woo! Anybody? Thank you. Carol sitting up there going, woo. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with your woo? <laughs> Leviticus 23, 23, New Living, uh, New Living Place. And, and it says, it's titled, The Festival of Trumpets. And the Lord said to Moses, give the following instructions to the people of Israel. On the first day of the appointed month in early autumn, you are to observe a day of complete rest. That's today. It's actually the weekend, right? And it'll be official day for holy assembly. We're here, holy and holy. W-H-O-L-L-Y and H-O-L-Y. We got both, right? And it says, a day commemorated with loud blasts of a trumpet. Woo! Oh! 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 We missed our cue. That would have been so cool. Kim. She plays trumpet. We could have had an illustrated sermon. Ah, isn't that something? Okay. Wow. Next year, we got to mark this. It's going <laughs> to, it'll be an official day for Holy Assembly, a day commemorated with a loud blast of a trumpet. You must do no ordinary work on that day. Instead, you are to present special gifts to the Lord. Well, our special gift to the Lord show up. And we did. We showed up in this holy assembly. We're here. So the blowing of trumpets in the Hebrew, it's, it's teruah, and it's an acclamation of joy or a battle cry. This is why they do this feast of trumpets. It's, a, it's an alarm, a jubilee, a loud noise, rejoicing, and shouts of joy. It's pretty cool. Let's go to Psalm 35, verse 27. Shouts of joy. King James, please. Hallelujah. Psalms 35, 27. It says, let them shout for joy and be glad. You, you know what? You can't shout and be mad. Well, you can, but it's, it's a different type of shout. No, <laughs> this kind of a shout is, is it's a Psalms 37, or 35, 27. It's a shout for joy, shouting for joy, right? And, and it says, and be glad. That favor my righteous cause. Let them say continually. You have this is something you got to say continually. Let the Lord be magnified. The Lord, you're bigger than my problems. I'm going to magnify you bigger than my situation. I'm going to magnify you bigger than the sickness on my body. I'm going to magnify you bigger than my bank account. Mm-hmm. 
right? Cause, why? Because he has pleasure in my prosperity. So uh, that covers bank account, covers health, it covers wealth, covers everything that you could possibly need. He's got you. Let them say, continue, let the Lord be magnified. He has pleasure in my prosperity. Uh, and verse 28, my tongue shall speak of your righteousness and of your praise all the day long. If we're doing that, if we're doing that, what's he saying? Stay in the moment. Stay in the moment. Stay there. Right? It's like when you're dancing, you want to stay right there. Don't go outside that. Just stay in the moment. It's, it's cool. Psalms 41. No. 47, verse 1. King James, please. Psalms 47, verse 1. King James. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. You ever notice that it doesn't say shout unto God in your head? <laughs> exactly. How, how do you do that? Yeah. But, you know, because sometimes we get excited in church and you want to shout, but then there's some people that say, oh, I got no shout. I'm not shouting. You can't make me shout. I'm not going to shout. Take my shout home. Here's my shout. Do you hear it? You feel it? No? Man, you missed it then. <laughs> it says shout unto God with a voice of triumph. So if you're shouting with a voice of triumph, what are you saying? God, you can do anything but fail. Anything but fail. God, you are my healer. God, you are my deliverer. And I just want to let you know so I can shout about it. I just want to let you know. Mm -hmm. So the word shout is ruah. And you know, you know anybody been in the, uh, well, you, the, the military in, in, the, in the United States, those guys, ruah. Right? Well, that's what they're, that's, yeah, ruah. That's where that's from. So those guys that are, what are they, uh, the Green Berets and all that stuff down there, over, down in the States? That's, that's their war cry. Hoo-ah! Why? Because it means to split the ears with sound. To shout for alarm or for joy. To blow an alarm, make a joyful noise, sound an alarm in triumph. Hoo-ah! I'm going to get through this thing, and on the other side, and I'm going to get through there <laughs> un unscathed and 100% uh, and, and, and whole. Amen. To raise the sound, to shout a war cry or alarm of battle, to shout in triumph over your enemies. That's why they do it. And, you know, down in, um, oh, New Zealand, the rugby, they got the thing called a haka, right? And a haka is what they do. It's this dance and this is shout that they shout before the game over their enemies that they're getting ready to pounce. And these guys, come on, they kick their tail. And after the, after the haka, you're like, you're scared anyways, because they're coming at you like warriors. And it's like, the whole thing is a, it's a, it's a tribal dance, right? And these guys are big, right? They're big Samoans and stuff. And, and they're just, and they're saying, okay, I'm coming and I'm going to rip your head off and I'll show you to him, right? With my hands. Mm -hmm. Verse five in, in Psalms 47. It says, God has gone up with a shout. The Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Why does he have to say it twice? Would you sing? <laughs> sing, Silas. Sing praises unto our king. Sing praises. For God, verse 7, for God is the king of all the earth. Sing your praises with understanding. You know what you're singing about. In other words, just don't sing a bunch of words. No, why, why do you sing? 
right? What's the reason for your singing? Why do you, you know, why do some songs mean so much to you, right? I was listening to this. Um, I, li I like to listen to a lot of documentaries, especially with um, uh, musicians, drummers and stuff. And this one guy, and, and I get it. He says, when I play, I play with passion and I play with emotion. I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah, because there's sometimes that I'll play and a song will hit me in a, in a spot where I got Niagara Falls coming out of my eyes. And I'm sitting there just playing, but I'm just, why? Because it, there, there was something in that song that I heard that touched me, right? And, and I've, I've seen that with most of the, almost everybody on this platform, there, there's a song that we do that they're doing that just moves them, brings them back into a spot, into a, we're talking about being present, all of a sudden it brings them back into that present moment right there. Where it's just, you know, like last week I talked about drawing a circle around you and it's just you and God. And, and all of a sudden he just stands right in front of you and you're standing face to face to, with him. And you're having this moment that you can't describe it, but you know that you're in it. And he's just there and you're just sitting back going, oh, Jesus, you're so good. <sighs> mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah, sing your praises with understanding. Know what you're singing about. Don't just sing a song because it's a song. Find out what's going on. Why, you know, what the, some of these songs, what do they mean to you? Were you going through a battle when you heard that song? Was that song your war cry? I remember Lloyd Skinner, um, when he was battling cancer and he said, um, there was one song that Mylon did. Invincible love. That got him through. There's a song that God will send to you that'll get you through every time. Uh-huh. Let's go to Joshua, please. Uh, chapter 6, verse 5, King James. Joshua 6, 5. It is a good song, though. Invincible love. Joshua 6, verse 5, and it says, And it shall come to pass, when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and you hear the sound of the trumpet, all people uh, shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. Now, that word shout again is ruah, with a shout of victory, a shout of triumph, your shout will knock down walls. Amen. And a corporate shout like that will knock down many walls, right? And they'll fall flat. But the word ascend is kind of cool too, because it means it's movement um, allowing or <clears throat> I can't mean my, okay. Um, it's movement from a lower place to a higher place. It's increased. So the people shall ascend up. You're going to go from a lower place to a higher place. And you think about that. You're, you know, who you are. God has, always has increase in his mind. And he's going to increase us. What does he, he say? More and more, you and your children and your children's children. That's our grandchildren. And great-grandchildren. And great-great-grandchildren. Let's keep on going. Great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great. All of them. Let's go to Luke chapter 4, please. Verse 16. King James. Lay a foundation for your new start. 
Amen. Because God's got us. We need to shout about it at times. And it looks for 16 uh, King James. And, and it said, and it came to, and it came to Nazareth, talking about Jesus, it came to Nazareth where, had, where he had been bought up. And as his custom was, he was used to going to church. As his custom was, he went into the synagogue. He went to church on the Sabbath day and set up for to read. There was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written. Have you found your place in your Bible? Yeah, we have. You know where you are. And, you know, you try to read somebody. You ever try to read somebody else's Bible? Ooh, ooh, it's, it's, it's foreign. It doesn't feel right. You open your Bible and you can just turn anywhere and you're going to get a word for the day, right? You pick up somebody else's Bible and it's like, I did that one time and it was in Genesis and it was like, uh, talking about Esau, he was writing Harry all over. I'm thinking, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I needed that for today. Thanks for the reminder. No. It's, yeah, you, you know, you need to find your place in your Bible, in, in your Bible. <laughs> Just saying. Okay, so it says in verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? For reason. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty... Come on, them that are bruised, restoration to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he closed the book. He closed the book. What did he say? This is the acceptable year of the Lord. He is the acceptable. So now this is the acceptable year of the Lord. Rosh Hashanah, a new start. Why? Because without him, we have nothing. Without him, we can do nothing. But with him, oh, we can do everything. Why? Because nothing is impossible then. Hmm. Mark chapter 1, verse 14, please, King James. It says, now, <clears throat> now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and he said, the time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, turn around, and believe the gospel. Well, believe the gospel. What's gospel? Good news. And what's this good news now? We get a fresh start today. We get to have a fresh start today. In the Passion Translation, in Mark 1, verse 14, it says, Later on, John, after John the baptizer was arrested, he went back into the region of Galilee, preached the wonderful gospel of God's kingdom realm. His message was this, at last, at last, the fulfillment of the age has come. It is time for the realm of God's kingdom to be experienced in its fullness. Turn your lives back to God. Put your trust in the hope-filled gospel. What's he saying? It is time for a fresh start. We get a fresh start today. What an opportunity. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19, amplified. Got to have at least one amplified one because it's louder. Ezekiel eleven nineteen, amplified. Make it loud. And I will give them one heart, a new heart. And I will put a new spirit within them. I will take 
the stony, unnatural, unnaturally hardened heart out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh that it's sensitive and responsive to the, <laughs> to the touch of their God. Isn't that good? Man, come on now. He's going to give you a heart of flesh that is sensitive and responsive to the touch of their God. I just kind of like the way that read. It was like, man, this is good. Um, Ezekiel 36, we're staying with the Amplified, verse 25. And it says, Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you. You shall be clean from all your uncleanliness, and from all your idols I will, will I cleanse you. A new heart will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. See, all this newness. Why? Because it's a fresh start. It's a newness of life that we have. He says, a new spirit will I put in you. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, give you a heart of flesh. Verse 27, I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. Who's doing the causing to walk? He is. He's going to do it. And you shall heed my ordinances and do them. In other words, you'll listen and do. You shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. You shall be my people. I will be your God. What a deal. Verse 29. Also, I will save you from all your uncleanness, and I will call forth the grain. Look at this. I'm going to call forth the grain and make it abundant. Lay no famine on you. Verse 30. I will multiply, multiply the fruit of the tree, the increase of the field, that you may <laughs> no more suffer the reproach and disgrace of famine among the nations. Man, what's he saying? I've come to bless you. We get a fresh new start, and here it is. And here he is. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 9, please. King James. Isaiah 42, 9. It says, Behold, the former things are come to pass. Come to pass. And new things do I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Verse 16. And I will bring the blind by a way they don't know of, and I'll lead them in paths that they have not known. I'll make darkness light before them, which is pretty cool for somebody that's blind. Hello? Make the crooked things straight. These things will I do unto them and not forsake them. Not forsake them. Check this out in the Message Bible. Same set of verses. Isaiah 42.9. It says, take note. The earlier predictions of judgment have been fulfilled. I'm announcing the new salvation work. Before it bursts on the scene, I'm telling you all about it. Verse 16. But I'll take the hand of those who don't know the way. He's going to walk with you. In other words, it's like when he says, when Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Right? That yoke was, and I had a, I had a, it wasn't a vision, but I had a, a thought vision in my head um, back on 110 Thorn. And Pastor was talking about that verse. And he, Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you. Well, his yoke was his arm. And he was just taking you for a walk. And he says, Oh, let's walk over here because there's a landmine over there. Let's walk over here because you don't want this trap set that's been set for you over here. And he's just going to walk, just, you're just walking. Walk with him. That's what he's saying, right? He says, <laughs> before verse... Okay, the earlier... Take note, the earlier predictions of judgment have been fulfilled. I'm announcing the new salvation work. Before it bursts on the scene, I'm telling you all about it. Verse 16, I'll take the hand of those who don't know the way, who can't see where they're going, 
and I'll be a personal guide to them, directing them, directing them through unknown territory. I'll be right there to show them what roads to take. Right there. Make sure that they don't fall into the ditch. Pastor told, told uh, I think he's told everybody this, for every mile of road, there's two miles of ditch. And Jesus is there to keep us right in the middle. So we don't fall into either one. These are the things I'll be doing for them, sticking with them and not leaving them for a minute. Never. Because I've heard people say, God, where are you? He's right here. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I will never leave you hanging and I'll never let you be ashamed. Never, never, ever, ever. So when you know that Second uh, Corinthians 5.17, King James, it says, uh, anyone that's in Christ is a new creation, right? Uh, all things have been, old things have been passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Now, uh, five, uh, Second Corinthians 5.17 in the Passion, 17 to 21, it says, now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, imagine, enfolded. Anybody bake here? Bakers? You know what it means to be enfolded, right? You're just put in and, and just needed, needed, and until you can't even tell where you, where you were because you take on the, the essence of what that you're being folded into. So if you're folded into God, if you're folded into Christ, the anointed one in his anointing, that anointing is going to come on you and you're going to be enfolded into that anointing so that there's just one. And all they're going to see is Jesus. Be the Jordan, the anointed one in his anointing. Lowell, the anointed one in his anointing. Why? Because you've been enfolded. And he has become an entirely new creation. See, you've been, come, you've been new. All that is related to the older <laughs> has vanished. <laughs> it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Behold, everything is fresh and new. Verse 18. God has made all things new and reconciled his, us to himself and was given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. That's our job. Reconciling. Verse 19, in other words, it was through the anointed one that God was shepherding the world, not even keeping records of their transgressions. And he has entrusted us, <laughs> entrusted to us a ministry of opening the door, the open door, the open door of reconciliation to God. We are ambassadors of the anointed one who carry the message of Christ to the world. So we know what happens if you're an ambassador of, of, a, of a certain nation, well, you, you don't belong to this nation. You, you, you are under the, the auspices, the guidance of the power of that other nation, right? And so if you're an ambassador of China and you come here, you live under China, right? Not Canada, which means you're, you know, whatever, but you're an ambassador. So we're ambassadors of heaven, which means we live under the Umbrella of heaven. And what's in heaven? Everything good. Everything good. So, verse 20, we're ambassadors of the anointed one who carry the message of Christ to the world, as though God were tenderly pleading with them, directing through our lips. Let them speak through you today. So we tenderly plead with you on Christ's behalf. Turn back to God. Be reconciled to him. Verse 21, for God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us 
so that we who did not know righteousness might become the righteousness of God through our union with him. Hmm. Wow. It's not a resolution or intention, but it's a decision and it's a commitment for a fresh start. Commit yourself to a fresh start today. It's a good thing. Romans 8.11, please, King James. Romans 8.11. It says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, and he does, right? And he does. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body. Quicken, make alive by his spirit that dwells in you. In the passion, Romans 8.11, it says, but if the spirit, oh, excuse me. Yes, God raised Jesus to life. And since God's spirit of resurrection lives in you, the spirit, his spirit of resurrection living in you, he will also raise your dying body to life by the same spirit that breathes life into you. Resurrection life will give you a fresh start. We get that. We're in that. (laughs) Wow. Micah chapter seven, verse 18, amplified. Micah 7.18 in the Amplified. We're going through all these different translations just because I want to paint a picture. Plus, I'm a foodie too, so I like my stuff spicy. You know, flavor, flavor. Isaiah 61, verse 7, new living. Oh, Micah, excuse me, wrong one. Stay there. Stay in the moment. (laughs) Micah 7.18, Amplified. I was looking at something else. I was reading that going, ooh, that's pretty good. But it's not that. We're not going there. Yeah, Micah 7, 18. It says, who is a God like you? Come on, think about that. Who forgives iniquity and passes over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? We know who he is. He retains not his anger forever because he delights in mercy and loving kindness. Verse 19, he will again have compassion on us. Again, still, thank you, Jesus. He will subdue and tread underfoot our iniquities. You will cast all of our sins into the depths of the sea. Thank you. You will show, you will show your faithfulness and perform, perform the sure promise to Jacob and loving kindness and mercy to Abram. And as you have sworn to our fathers from the days of old. That's a cool set of verses, isn't it? Let's go to Mark 11. Mark 11, please. Verse 22, we know it, but we're going to take it in this, um, based on this, Rosh Hashanah, fresh start. And Mark 11, verse 22, and Jesus answering, he said unto them, have faith in God, or have a God kind of faith. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. So if we're saying we have a fresh start today, we're going to have it. Right? We're not going to veer off of that. Therefore, verse 24, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, you shall have them. And when you stand praying, well, I like to sit. This is when you stand praying. (laughs) Just say it. (laughs) Anyways, when you stand praying, forgive if you have any 
uh, against anybody that your father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you of your trespasses. For if you do not forgive, neither will your father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. So in order to get a fresh start, clean the slate. Just forgive who you need to forgive. Just get out. You know, sometimes it's, um, I know it's a lot easier said than done. That's why it says have the faith of God. So because you can't do this on your own. If you could, you would, but you can't. But he's here. Amen. And the passion in Mark eleven twenty five, 25, it says this. Wow, right on time. Did you see that? Felt like Vanna. Uh, it says, whenever you stand praying, if you find that you carry something in your heart against another person, release him. Release them. Forgive him so that your Father in heaven will also release and forgive you of your faults. Ouch. Ouch. Right? Yeah, because we're not perfect. And, you know, yeah, we might be rotted at somebody, but I'm sure somebody's probably rotted at us. Release them. Verse 26, if you will not release forgiveness, don't expect your Father in heaven to release you from your misdeeds. That's kind of tough. But if you just do it by faith, come on now. 1 John 1.8, King James. This is why, this, this, this goes right along with that. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. So, you know... <laughs> If we say, yeah, I, I, have, I, I have no unforgiveness against anybody, check it. Check your heart. If, a, if, if somebody's face comes floating up, just <laughs> deal with it. Because it, why? You're not dealing on your own. You have the faith of God to deal with that. So if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. <laughs> the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if you're cleansed, fresh start. Amen? So, Romans chapter 6, verse 4. We're getting ready to land this plane real soon. Romans 6, 4. Um, King James. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. Well, we can do that because we got a fresh start. And we can have a fresh start every single day. But this is a fresh, fresh start. This is where we begin. Start your engines. <laughs> um. Last set of verses, Luke 19, verse 1, New Living Chant Translation, please. Luke 19, 1. Love this story. Are you there? Luke 19, 1. And it says, Jesus entered, into, uh, entered Jericho, made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus, and he was the chief tax collector in the region. Now, these guys... They were hated by the Jews to the point where if they saw them, they'd spit on them walking on the other side of the road. Why? Because he ripped off his own people. Pretty slimy. Anyways, he's the chief, the chief. So he was the guy, right? Chief uh, tax collector in the region. He'd become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed the uh, sycamore uh, fig tree beside the road for Jesus was going to pass that way. Verse 5, when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and said, uh, call him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, 
Come down, I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down, took Jesus to his house with great excitement and joy. The people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. You could hear him. Notorious sinner. He's a sinner. Let him. He's a short sinner too. They grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, if he had cheated people, he was a chief tax collector. He was the chief cheat. He was the biggest cheat of them all. Why? Because he became very rich, ripping people off. But he said, if I have. I just want to be humble in the sight of the Lord. Yeah, right on. If I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Imagine how much he ripped them off for, and he's going to give them four times as much. That's pretty cool. Verse 9, Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Now, Jesus was probably the only person that ever called Zacchaeus by his name. He was called everything else but his name, especially amongst his own people. But then if you look up the word Zacchaeus, it means pure and innocent. Jesus called him pure and innocent. He was a chief tax collector. He was a chief cheat. He ripped people off left, right, and center, and people would call him anything but that. They wouldn't call him pure and innocent because there's nothing pure or innocent about him. But Jesus said, listen, I'm giving you a today is your day for a fresh start. That's why he was able to say, man, if I ripped anybody off, you know what? Don't even care. Fourfold, fivefold, don't care. Mm Mm-hmm. So Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah for Hebrew, it's five, the, the Hebrew year is 5784, which is grace, complete, a fresh start, and an open door. I, and I was thinking about this, and I got this this morning. Back in, because remember uh, we used to have a, a, for the year, there was a quote for the year that pastor always had. And I thought, open door, open door. There was something about an open door. And I found it. 2004. It says, chosen by God to live in this hour, rising in him and kept by his power. He's given to us an open door for accessing and advancing his kingdom in 2004. You remember that? Well, this is that. This is, today is the open door. Why? Because we have a grace to open the door. We, come on, we're complete in him. We have a fresh start, and the open door has been opened for us. Jerry Seville, I said this last time too, and I'm going to keep on saying it till we get it, till I get it. 2003 will be the year of the maximum. What is that? That sounds like an open door to me. The year of the highest level attainable, open doors, God's best. The maximum, not mediocre, or barely getting enough, or barely enough to get by on or to struggle to make it. No, I want to see you experience all the favor, all the blessings, all the goodness of God, not for some self-serving purpose, but for you to be blessed, to be a blessing. Amen. Well, that sounds like a fresh start to me. It sounds like Rosh Hashanah has come to this house. And we're in it. So make a fresh start today. The Lord has helped you. He's here to help us get started. Come on, we can't do it without him. If he's not in it, we, I don't want it. Amen.
Hallelujah. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.